Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Olivia, how do you use your difference to make a difference? That's a, a great question. Um, and I think to me, the, the unique point of view that I bring to the people function combined, because I had such a diverse background of, of investment banking, management, consulting, operations, finance, before I finally came to the people function. Combined with my personal experience, I think that this um, I, I'm dealing with chronic illnesses. I have um, struggle to have a good night of sleep. I had to change several different things in my life. Um, and these two things are, at the same time, as I said, unique to me. So I, I can feel the power of the solution and the change of life that I have that it drives me to push harder on helping others make the same change and have the same positive impact on their lives. And this to me as well was very, very deliberate, was done very consistently. Um, I was privileged to be able to do this because I found a company, I found a role. But now that I have both and I have energy again, I'm using this to have a positive impact in those around me as well. How you day, how you day. That was the voice of Livia. Livia and I talked about the hidden cost of workplace inflexibility. Jim Pass, the organization in which she's a chief people officer of, has done some research on employee well-being. And I love research. Some of you might not know this about me, but research is one of my favorite things to do. And in her research, she was able to figure out different ways our well-being is attached to some of the bad habits organizations have taken on, especially since the pandemic. And so I was really excited to have her on, discuss and share research. And as with any research, it can only get better the more you get information. So I'm eager to get this out to you, but I think in addition to just understanding and seeing what the research is saying about employee well-being worldwide, it's also a reminder for us to be human to each other. How can we humanize the experience of collaboration with our colleagues? How can we then humanize the experience of leadership and policies therein, right? These ideas aren't being permeated enough, in my opinion. We have some workplaces going back to the office. We have some workplaces adopting the hybrid model. And we also have some workplaces who are sticking with the remote model. Wherever you stand on the you know side of the spectrum, it's still something that we all need to understand. How can your employees' well-being be prioritized 
And in addition to that, you also hear her story and her journey to learning how to manage people. Hopefully this episode is one that you can resonate with. And even if you feel like you don't quite resonate with, I hope you can send it to someone who can apply it to their colleagues and also team members. I believe there are lessons here that can be applied to the home life, to school life, and to the workplace, anywhere you deal with people. Enjoy the episode. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's guest is Livia Martini. She's a corporate wellness professional with sustained, uh, substantial experience in employee health and wellness strategies. She specializes in developing programs that improve employee well-being and productivity, leveraging her expertise in various aspects of wellness and health management. Her career has been marked by a commitment to fostering healthier workplace environments and understanding the impact of physical activity on both individual health and corporate healthcare in general. And so we're going to be diving into a few research findings that her company, GymPass, uh, divulged and found out. And I think it's going to be you know, a great way to start the year to understand how you can show up in the workplace, but also be in a healthy state of mind physically and mentally. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me, Tayo. It's a pleasure to be here. The pleasure is mine. Uh, first things first, uh, I'm very curious if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're passionate about your work at GymPass. Sounds good. Um, so I essentially grew professionally through a very, um, what I would call a mainstream and aspirational track. Uh, so I was in management consulting and investment banking, working at very prestigious companies. And I did find a lot of intellectual fulfillment. I think I, I uh, thrived at work. I made great friends. But in a way, I set myself and my health to a lower priority on my to-do list. And at some point, this came to me as um, a shock that this had consequences for me. So, um, and by the way, consequences that I don't wish to see on anyone, but I do see it very frequently around me. So all the way from health issues to having less energy, starting to lose sleep, uh, become less engaged in everything you do. And then especially at work, I think mm -hmm. that was my case. Um, and then I, I forced myself to do a, a personal and professional transformation in my life. And this was essentially finding something that I could work for that really talked to my essence, who I am and why um, I, I do things in life. And the second is to put myself and my well-being as my first priority, including at work as part of work. And this is more or less how I came to GymPass. Um, I knew of the company before. I knew of the noble mission. And since I joined GymPass, I had several different roles. I started in operations, essentially connecting people with different backgrounds, different cultures, um, making all of the countries that we operated in working together. Then I went into finance and then I saw the key to doing what I was doing for myself as a company-wide initiative. So um, I looked into the people team and the people's strategic function and I wanted to make this the most um, or the best company where the best engaged people could find ways to thrive um, and this is what I've been doing for the past four years now. 
and I have been extremely grateful, very fulfilled. And it has been incredible to me how um, when you have as a company, the right tools, the right culture, the right environment, everybody thrives. And you can have this effect on people's well-being at home and their families, everything else around their lives. So wow. this is this is how I got here. <laughs> no, I love that. And you've worked your way up to be the CPO, correct? Uh, yes, exactly. Today, I'm the chief people officer at Gympath. Which means your business is, in fact, people. And so if you're if you're factoring that and we're looking at your the way you morphed, you had a self-awareness, you realized that there were consequences to your health, right? You said it affected your sleep. Uh, there were physical consequences as well. And you had to have uh, a reckoning with yourself, essentially. You said personally and professionally. I also know that Jim Pass has also had that reckoning with uh, itself professionally where it evolved as a company as yes. you were recognizing these things out there. Could you talk a little bit about why that evolution on gym pass to really adapt to the new face of uh, workers was important? Yeah. So I think there were two things. Number one is um, gym pass was born as a purely physical well-being service. Mm -hmm. uh, we had partnership with with gyms and studios across the globe mm -hmm. and we saw the huge impact that this could have on companies so essentially instead of each and every one of us trying to go find our own gyms uh, we would go we sit together we work together all day and then we say hey let's go work out together and now close to the office um, and and this is how we started to to get into the world of the companies yeah. as well. Um, but I think what evolved a lot in the meantime, uh, number one is how much more digital everybody uh, became during the pandemic, but also how much other aspects of well-being, not only physical well-being, became so much more important and so much more, um, I want to say, a collective issue instead of just being a personal issue so we're talking about uh, mental well-being we're talking about social well-being um, several different aspects that before they either were not so important as a collective as a society but more than anything they were not a company issue they were not something that folks in ceos for example didn't talk about this board mm -hmm. of directors didn't talk about this in the past and we saw this change and plus we saw physical well-being is just a very small subsection of what we could be doing to really help everybody. Um, and then finally, we saw that I think you and I talked before in different circumstances a lot about diversity, but we saw that individuals each have their own journey. Each individual has their own challenges. Each individual has their own needs. And if we if we don't cater to all of those needs and all of those specific situations, we're not as effective as we can be. I agree. So now Gym Pass is, um, is an all-encompassing well-being solution. We go all the way from gyms to mental health to um, nutrition, uh, financial health, and we can help individuals choose their path 
to solve their own unique issues. I appreciate the I appreciate that wide lens of it because you know when I'm talking to companies or working with people even on a professional level, I often say that the mental health is one of the hidden components of DEI that people yes. don't talk about enough, right? If you are yes. on the performative level of DEI, you're you know just essentially putting someone there that looks like something, but you're not understanding the core issue. But if you factor in mental health, you, you dive into a lot of the things you said, right? What makes someone feel safe? How do they, you know, their financial health as well, their family backgrounds and all those things. And we're in an interesting time right now, uh, you know, <laughs> where people have different attitudes towards what you bring to the workplace. You have advocates who say, well, yeah, I, it's great that you're talking about your personal things and I understand this about you. And then there are people who feel like it's not important to focus on that. In fact, they feel like it has no impact on the bottom line of the company. Do you agree or disagree <laughs> with that statement? I very, very strongly disagree. And I disagree from both sides. I disagree from the individual side looking at the company and the company looking at the individuals um, who mm. are part of their team. Mm. So let's start a little bit from the individual side. If you, when you are trying to find a job, this is as much of a two-sided match as you can find, because the individual has to accept the company, the company has to accept the individual. Yes. And now, um, I think that we've been through ups and downs in the employment market in which the, the demand was higher or lower. Um, but right now, more than ever, individuals are choosing where they want to work. And this goes to what type of product the company has, what type of um, in-office or remote structure that they have, et cetera. And then what we saw in our survey is that 96% of people say that they seek employee employers who prioritize well-being. So it's not a nice to have if you're trying to recruit people. The individuals on their decision-making process, they're looking at companies that prioritize their well-being and what was more shocking to me, we did the survey twice, right? Um, from the first to the second edition of the survey, 10% more people or 10 percentage points, um, there was a 10, per 10 percentage points increase in the number of people who believe that well-being is equally important to salary. And if I had you guess what the number is, you would not guess it right because it's a incredible 93% of people. People are saying that if you don't give them tools and if you don't prioritize their well-being, it doesn't matter how much money you give them. Mm. And this is incredible. This is this is crazy. Um, so that that's the one side, right? Yeah. From the employees. On the other side, I think that... Um, any human being could say that if you are sad, you are not giving it 100%. If you have not had a good night of sleep, your attention span is different. If you come to work and you don't want to talk to anyone who's around you, yeah. you probably don't discover problems. You don't discover things that you should act on. Um, and then you become less effective. So if you put together all of these things, when you work on employees' well-being, they're going to be happier, 
healthier, more productive, more engaged. You're going to be able to retain people for longer, which decreases your cost of attraction, uh, even um, terminations, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and overall, when you put this together and it becomes an environment, this has a, a positive effect. It's a virtual cycle that one influences the other around them, and this becomes huge for the company. So this is really a very, very important issue for the bottom line of the company. I love I love how you did it from both sides. And you brought up the research there. So you conducted a survey, you, I believe it was twice. Could you talk about the research motivation and who, you know, how many people were involved in the survey across, you know, what demographics and things like that? Sure. So um, what we were seeing is that well-being was now something being discussed in companies. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to see how relevant that was um, and how, how unanimous, let's say, or not, this issue was. And then I in the surveys, we did two... Um, versions of what we're calling the work-life wellness report, which looks at employees. So we talked to 5,000 employees across nine different countries. And this was focused specifically on them as employees, what they looked at and what they think is, is interesting and important when they're looking for work, plus what they think affect their uh, work, quality of work and engagement. Uh, we also did another study called um, uh, the well-being ROI, right? So we looked from the company side. We talked to to HR leaders, and this, I believe, was 2,000 HR leaders also across different markets. And we asked them about their well-being programs, if they had it, if they measured the impact. And also um, looking at that side, everybody who has a, a well-being um program or initiative or anything like that, they can specifically measure quantitatively and sometimes financial impact directly coming from these programs. Mm. Um, and then I think our intellectual curiosity was was fulfilled that we said yeah. <laughs> this is extremely important from both sides as well. <laughs> it's a good baseline, right? Because you, you, yeah. you're saying based on the research you did, it's you believe the physically active employees can reduce company healthcare costs by 35%. Now, you, you said you surveyed HR readers and you also did employees. 35% is a lot, okay? I worked I, I worked the <laughs> companies. If you mention this, this is going to give, they'll be shouting for joy. So oh, yeah. what is it that companies are missing, you know, when you're talking about implementing this? And how did you get, how did you determine this percentage? This is, I mean, it's 35%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tayo, I think that the good news is that this is not necessarily a secret. I think that a lot of um, health insurance providers, they have also done a few things. Like if you go to the gym a certain number of times, I'm going to give you 50 bucks to pay for your gym or something like this. Right. Um, but I'll tell you how we got to this conclusion and then the secret sauce, in my opinion, to achieving those results but what we did is we looked at companies um, that implemented gym pass specifically, and we looked at a control group who are people who are um, who had the same behavior before and after. 
we looked at a group of people who uh, joined gym pass and worked out up to uh, once a week. And then we looked at people who worked, who joined gym pass and worked out once a week or more. So it's a very low threshold. Remember that it's once a week. Um, then what we did was to see, of course, with all of the do, um, uh, data protection uh, and all of the Chinese laws that we have to have. But we specifically looked at how these folks behaved on uh, usage of the health insurance before and after and their cost to the health insurance before and after. Mm. And what we saw is the group that joined GenPass and worked out less than once a week, they have some impact, but not a lot. But the folks that joined GenPass, um, first, they they all had the same cost to the health insurance to begin with, right? So they had similar use profile. They had similar cost. But then those folks who started to work out, there's two types of, of phenomena happening. Number one is because they're taking more care of themselves and, and prioritizing their well-being, they also look at that through a health lens. So they use they use more preventive health care. They go do checkups. They go, um, you know, do everything that you have to do before you get sick. So they do a lot more around those types of services. Mm. And then because of the, um, the, the benefits of physical exercise by itself, what happens is that they have less sickness. So they work more. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Their health and then they decrease their sickness on the other side. So instead of being hospitalized and having, you know, staying at the hospital for two weeks and very, very high cost, they just don't. Mm -hmm. So when you compare the cost of these folks who started to, uh, who subscribed to GenPest and worked out once a week or more, they have a significant decrease in cost from what they had before they joined. Wow. And if you compare to the people who don't do any exercise whatsoever you also see this is how we get the 35 percent yeah so yeah. it's huge so i as a social scientist i always love this stuff you it's important to have like a control group yes. so you can have yes, the, yes, the yes. baseline and the, the survey is obviously going to it sounds like this is going to be done regularly now so you can yeah. build upon it and develop that as you were talking and and me listening to 
what people know up here. Physical activity is going to help you be healthier. I'm now thinking about how companies on their end can encourage more physical activity among employees. I'm just curious. Do you have any strategies to that end? Yes, a lot. And this is this is the part of the secret sauce of Gym Pass because I think a lot of them, as I was mentioning, why this particular result in our survey, if you have simply, let's say, a gym reimbursement or if you just say, I think you need to go to the gym, the effect of that in changing behavior is very, very small. What is better is... Um, is to have a holistic consistent strategy is maybe what I what I call it for us which is you need to give people tools Mm -hmm. for example gym pass and these tools they have to be flexible enough to cater to each individual's own needs so you might go do yoga I might go do boxing and it's all fine and with one thing we can all be happy Mm-hmm. Then the second part is for you to create the culture and the environment that pushes people to actually go work out, that take action, take ownership of their own well-being journey. So this to me is um, creating a culture. For example, we have here, um, we share, I tried this new sport or I went to this new location. I tried this different partner. Um, we we actively talk about it. People see leaders going to the gym or doing a different meditation and sharing this on, on social media or our internal chats. Mm. Um, we talk about it. We say to people, I actually had a town hall. I'm at the office here in Sao Paulo. And we had a town hall. And I, I was drinking my bottle of water that I have with me all the time. <laughs> and I was telling people, I want you to take vacation. I want you to do whatever you have to do for your well-being. I need you to take ownership as much as you do for your scope at work. I need you to take ownership of your well-being as well. And here I am in front of you telling you that this is what's expected of you as an employee here at GymPass. And and then I was drinking water, I was talking to mm-hmm. them, and a few folks came to me afterwards and saying, Livia, even the small attitudes that we see in our leadership, they are actually very inspiring. For example, when I saw you drinking water, I realized that I should bring a bottle of water to work. Mm-hmm. And this I had never thought of before. But if you create this as part of the culture that you show up as a leader genuinely caring about the well-being of those around you and yourself, it becomes a natural culture. So modeling, being proactive, uh, leaders intentionally creating that environment and encouraging people to actually have a, I think you call it work-life wellness uh, mm-hmm. and balance. And and you know, if people see it at the top, they feel more confident to be able to say, okay, I'm gonna take this vacation. Because I have worked in companies and with companies that they do have some of these strategies, but there's that internal idea that if you are one that takes Friday off, if you have a Friday off policy, that you're lazy because the other people didn't do that. And so leaders have to get on top of that and actually encourage them to take advantage of whatever wellness strategies included are included in the company packages. Yeah. Hmm. And I, I, um, 
there's a very interesting piece of data in the survey as well that I find both alarming and kind of comforting because this means that we can solve the problem as well. So we asked individuals in the survey whether they felt that they could take time for their well-being. When we look at leaders who are leaders of leaders, so directors and above, 91% say that they can take time for their well-being, which is an amazing number, very high. This is great. But then when we go down the hierarchy, 76% of, of managers say that they can, and 66 of non-managers say that they can. So this number decreases very fast. Wow. And this is alarming, again, um, because we see that there is a different impact or a different situation that the, that folks feel even in the same company. But at the same time, if leaders do engage to make this happen for everyone at the company, we can get there. And this I mean, is, yeah. this is yeah. the message for me. <laughs> the power dynamic does, you know, it plays a role. And so it's important if we need to set that culture you know, and people to be able to believe that they have that, you know, ownership to be able to do the same. And so, yeah. huh. It, okay. Well, so now then, okay, that's a trend. Are there any other trends that you notice for the future? Because I'm asking this question, some people are coming back to the workplace. That's the physical aspect, right? They're in yes. office now. You have hybrid. You have people who are just completely remote. It's going to be very different for each of these yes. type of environments. I'm curious if there are any things that you're noticing that could be helpful for each type of environment. Uh, and then you have time zones and you have all these things. You're a global company. So you, you understand that. So what are those type of trends, uh, proactive approaches that people can, uh, can work on? Yeah, I think that the one or the main thing I have been talking about over and over again here is flexibility. Mm. And I think this is true for everything. Um, well, maybe two things, flexibility and consistency. Yes. Um, there are completely different models, completely different cultures, and we can make every one of them work. If it works for 100% of the individuals, probably not. But if you are consistent and you say, my business challenge is this, this is what I need to achieve. This is the type of stakeholder that I deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. This is the type of talent that I want to attract and retain. And you create all of your policies, including in-office, remote, et cetera, catering to that, to what you want to achieve at the end, and you are consistent with all of the decisions you make, you can be successful in any model. So I don't have a question about that. Yeah. But then the problem is, one, of course, if you're inconsistent, but then if you even have a great model, you're very consistent within that model. Each individual within your company is a different individual. They have a different need. They have uh, different skill levels. They, as you said now, it's, they work in a different time zone. They have speak a different language. So you need to have enough flexibility built into all of your policies, procedures, culture, even the way people think. Uh, to adapt to those differences that we must nurture in the company, because this is where the the magic happens as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't think this is going away. This part of of 
valuing what each individual uniquely brings to the company that you have. I don't think so either. And uh, no, you've and you've you've done a great job of actually making a case for diversity, equity, inclusion there because it, it is <laughs> it's equitable in some areas. You need to include people in different areas, and then there are diversity of experiences there. Uh, I, I want to segue to to Jim Pass's company. Right? You're the CPO of, of Jim Pass. You obviously present solutions for these. Yeah. How can companies benefit from using Jim Pass as a provider and partner? So I think that. Um... The the difference and the secret sauce of Jim Pass is the ability to change behavior. So what we have is a very, very flexible solution that caters to individuals that work in office, remote, both, um, different countries, different languages, everything you can think of. The product is flexible enough if you want to just make sure that your finances are in order or if you want to talk to a psychologist or you name it, you can do it there. But then after that is how do we get people moving? And for that, we have a range of, of support, which by the way, I test all of them internally. I am, um, it's it's one of my goals to be Jim Best's best client. So <laughs> I test all of our things. I test everything in-house. We have different communications. We have challenges. We have um, several different tools to help somebody like me, so uh, another people leader who want to make sure their teams are are as engaged with the solution as they can be, and therefore seeing all of the results, including the healthcare cost reduction. Um, we can help people get moving. And the good thing is the way that the product works is you see somebody working next to you and they're going to a different gym, they're doing a different meditation, they tell you, you have access to the same um, array of solutions and products, you can test it. And if you're working at home, uh, your spouse, your kids, they have the ability to go and work out with you as well as part of the product. So it becomes, again, a virtual cycle that you bring all of those around you. And this means that you have long-lasting change of behavior. So and that's, if, the, that's the No, that's part. amazing. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I, I was it's just, okay. I love the way you said you help get people moving. That can be like a yeah. slogan. That's my marketing brain thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Gym Pass, help get yeah. people moving. Um, okay, so gympass.com, correct? Or, yes. Yes. And you could uh, look at the various solutions for, for these situations. I, I think it's really important. I saw... A statement, I mean, years ago where they said sitting is the new smoking. Uh, so, you know, sitting in, whether you're in virtual or hybrid or any area, there are a lot of health uh, drawbacks to that. So I love that you help get people moving. So hmm. yeah. on the on the other side here, uh, you, there's the, there are small businesses, right? Mm -hmm. So startups, small startups, small businesses. How can they participate in this? Because I can imagine them thinking, well, we have limited resources. You know, this isn't for us. Maybe when we get to, I don't know, 150 employees, we can start thinking about this. Do you agree with that? Or are there some unique things they can start working on until they grow into? Bigger no, it's the same thing. There's The pricing is very friendly, but we have, have companies now um, from like 20 people to 100,000 people. So it doesn't uh -huh. really matter. Okay. Uh, the company... 
has access to the platform to manage the the product to manage um, those communications and things that I discussed as well. And for that, they pay a small um, monthly fee. Mm -hmm. And then the individuals, they have access to the product as well um, at a very, very good price, especially taking into consideration they have access to many, many different resources from gyms to apps to personal trainers, again, you name it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not a matter of cost. There's no scale that you have to have to be able to participate. I think for sure it's a matter of prioritization because also hiring the product as a people leader, hiring the product and doing nothing, it's also not going to yeah. uh, return a lot. But then people sometimes think that it takes a lot to engage people. What we have seen here is that even, again, the most simple actions have a huge impact. For example, we did a steps challenge. Everybody can join the steps challenge because everybody has a phone nowadays. And if you keep your phone in your pocket, which is what most of us do, it can track your steps. Yes. And because of that, we had people going crazy. We actually did it a little bit as a competition because folks here are very competitive as well. Um, but we had people going crazy, taking walking meetings or saying, hey, um, today I woke up half an hour earlier so I could get my steps in so I could, you know, pass this person who is now outranking me. And, and we had something like 55% engagement in that initiative this is crazy i can't think of any initiative in in the people function that has 55 percent engagement so <laughs> and this was very simple very short and Step if you do yeah. yeah if you do different small things you can and these are things anyone can do a 20 person company or a hundred thousand person company no i i have steps challenging myself uh you know every day so you know i've maintained <laughs> over ten thousand steps average a year for the last three years, you know, 12,000 oh, last year. this is impressive. 12,000 last year, and I'm going yes. to try to beat it this year. That's generated December, everybody. But yes, <laughs> but no, it, it's important to, to engage that. Um, yeah, this is the last question before my final question. And then what, what you've described is a culture change and behavioral change as well. And so you have those inevitable barriers in people, right? Someone could be listening mm -hmm. to this from a middle manager perspective. And depending on the type of company you have, middle manager might not have enough sway to convince mm -hmm. someone in the, in the C-suite. And then it could be, a, you know, entry level. Are there, you might not have the answer to this. So I'm not expecting you to have the answer to this, but I'm just curious mm -hmm. based on your experience, are there unique ways to influence people up, you know, the executive channel or even mid-level to senior level to be able to at least, test and pilot this so that they can understand how it impacts, you know, entry-level employees' well-beings. Yeah, I have a, a very, very, very clear bias in this because I think well-being is, if not the most important thing, one of the yeah. top two most important things that uh, uh, somebody in my position should think about. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think that it, just talking about it, just making sure that you are listening to your teams, that they have a channel to speak to you, to give suggestions, um, that you ask questions. We also, at some point, especially during the pandemic, we did something very simple. 
but we we told the leaders to start meetings by saying how are you doing but not you know how you, how are you doing and good morning goodbye no it's really asking the question and waiting for the answer just by doing that we were able to have a lot of issues emerge make sure that we were taking care of people and this was very simple so if you start making um well-being a part of your day-to-day asking people if they need help if they need something different you can start gathering evidence and speaking to your leaders about this but if folks in leadership they still don't believe that this is important the the numbers in the survey can also be a very resourceful or a very good resource yeah um because I do think that this is this is not going away. So if folks are still not there, they need to get there fast. I love it. I'm going to put the two links to the data in the show notes as well as you know gympass.com. So please feel free to use and share with your bosses, friends, colleagues. <laughs> I, I do think it's important. Um, so we're to my final question here. So my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. So I always ask my guests, um, you know, that's in, in a form of question. So Livia, how do you use your difference to make a difference? That's a, a great question. Um, and I think to me, the, the unique point of view that I bring to the people function combined, because I had such a diverse background of of investment banking, management, consulting, operations, finance, before I finally came to the people function. Combined with my personal experience, I think that this, um, I, I'm dealing with chronic illnesses. I have um, struggle to have a good night of sleep. I had to change several different things in my life. Um, and these two things are, at the same time, as I said, unique to me. So I, I can feel the power of the solution and the change of life that I have, that it drives me to push harder on helping others make the same change and have the same positive impact on their lives. And this to me as well was very, very deliberate, was done very consistently. Um, I was privileged to be able to do this because I found a company, I found a role. But now that I have both and I have energy again, I'm using this to have a positive impact in those around me as well. well thank you so much. And I really appreciate your vulnerability in sharing that. But that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's amazing. You're using your personal experience to... Uh, to make a better life for not only yourself, but for people around you and then, you know, people around them by extension. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dio. This has been a real pleasure. (laughs) I really enjoyed it. Well, kings, queens, and royalty. Till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to teaching kids and teens about money, practice makes perfect. That's where Greenlight comes in. With a debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. Parents send instant money transfers, create custom chores, and automate allowance while kids track their spending, set savings goals, and practice money skills they can use today and for life. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast.